Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Today, we'll be talking about charting the growth of your editorial team. Professional development is not just for the newbies and rookies. People at all stages of their careers need to feel fulfilled and like they're kicking on in their jobs. Tech news website Sifted has developed a progression framework inspired by the forward-thinking European startups it reports on. This week, I'm speaking with the editor Amy Lewin about how it all works and why editors need to add staff training to their already full plates. The bottom line is that making everyone feel like they're developing is crucial to talent retention, but people do eventually move on, and being a stepping stone in a journalist's career is also not a bad thing. In fact, it can make your newsroom a more desirable place to work. That's all coming up, so don't go anywhere. Amy, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Thanks ever so much for coming back onto the show. Thanks for having me back again. Amy, I understand that a little known fact about you is that you have a still running 20 year bet, uh, something to do with chocolate. Do you tell us a bit more, please? Yeah. So New Year's Day, 20 years ago, I was in the car going somewhere to visit a family friend. And my dad said, what are you giving up? And I said, I'll give up chocolate. Um, and he said, I bet you can't. And I said, I bet I can. And 20 years later, I'm still proving him wrong. Your dad must have felt that was the safest bet in the world um, to bet a 12-year-old that they couldn't give up chocolate. So um, you proved him wrong. Yep, he underestimated me. And does this bet ever expire? No, I think I'm chocolate-free till the day I die. You don't miss it? Got ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) You got ice cream, fair enough, fair enough. Amy, today we're going to talk a lot about uh, training and some of the really interesting stuff you're doing inside Sifted about the development of your staff and development of your reporters and editors, something really important, of course. Would you lay the framework for us and just tell us a little bit about why it's important for newsrooms to be serious about thinking about the development of their own uh, reporters and their own staff? Yeah, so I guess to set the scene a little bit about Sifted, um, we are now four years old. Um, we are connected to the FT, but we are an independent Um, media organization we cover startups and tech in Europe so from the start I guess we've been building a brand and building just the kind of organization itself and and how people can grow and develop here and obviously being a small company has its pros and cons and one of the pros is that people really can I think learn and develop here and we have the flexibility that people can take on lots of responsibilities you know whether that's being on the podcast or running a newsletter or editing the podcast or managing people. And we don't have the same sort of maybe rigid structures in place that exist in other places. If someone's really interested in something and there's a sort of business case for doing it, they can. But then also we are a smaller company and some, you know, there's, there's a certain attraction to working for somewhere big like the FT or Bloomberg or Wherever. So we also need to hang on to our people as best we can. And so uh, since I became editor and my colleague Eleanor became deputy editor, we've put a lot of effort into both our learning and development program for our team and also progression frameworks. So everyone has a very clear sense of where they can go, how they can grow, how they can develop the company so that everyone has hopefully at least a kind of two year sense of what's next for them here. Mm. Does that filter through into the hiring decisions in terms of 
where are they going to be in two years for us if we take them on what's their trajectory going to look like? Good question. Yes, I guess so. There's also to factor into it that Sifted itself is growing. So there may be some opportunities that don't yet exist, but might exist in the future, especially when we're making more senior hires. So that could be things like management. The team will grow. Um, We will have more junior reporters that the senior reporters could um, manage. For example, we have four specialist newsletters at the moment. We might have more and then people could lead on them. The idea is that as the company kind of scales, so too do the opportunities for our people. Sifted has an internal progression framework very much in the mould of the forward-thinking European startups it covers. It's currently used for editorial assistants, reporters and senior reporters, and they're thinking about rolling it out for editors next. In journalism, there's a traditional career path from journalist to editor, one that sees journalists gain more responsibility with experience. But what a lot of tech companies have realised is that it's better to keep their star performance unshackled from managerial responsibilities, and Sifted is following that line of thinking. So lots of startups, especially for, for example, their developers, have these kind of frameworks and they bear in mind both the fact that people can be, I think the phrase is often sort of individual contributors or outstanding contributors, which is maybe the equivalent of a sort of star reporter where they don't need to manage someone. They don't need to become an editor to be, you know, on a on a good salary and to be a very important part in the company and recognizing that some of your talent you don't want them to end up in those sort of management roles you want them to just continue being an amazing individual contributor for other people the track does look a bit more like taking on management responsibilities or taking on product responsibilities so the way it looks it's basically a grid um you've got editorial assistant then reporter then senior reporter are the three sort of reporting tracks at the moment and it's broken up into six different skill sets so one is writing one is around ideas one is around network and sources another on the just sector expertise responsibilities and behaviors and when we first I first wrote this up um, there was maybe more of a focus on the ability to write and interview well and then as we've developed as a newsroom and other people have come in we've added in a lot more about how important it is to you know, really treat your sources with integrity to be really good at kind of working with data and analyzing data, Um, that it's important to be a really good problem solver, someone who doesn't need to kind of come to the editors all the time to be asking what the plan B should be, that they just have it ready always. Um, And then another thing that's quite important for us, maybe especially as a smaller media company, but I can imagine being very relevant for bigger ones too, is that we want our people to become famous. So, you know, getting a big LinkedIn following, be invited to moderate or to speak at kind of the conferences in, you know, our startup and venture capital world. We know that's really important because the more, obviously the more followers that our journalists have and the more that they individually are recognized, the more Sifted's brand value grows as well and obviously that has a downside which is that ultimately sort of exists with them and they might one day leave which brings us back to why it's even more important to be making sure that they feel there are the development opportunities here that they wouldn't want to do that right that's super interesting because essentially what you're saying is the bigger they get the more of a an attraction they might be for other companies to lure them away so you've got to sort of balance the two priorities there um 
interesting that you're also saying you can kind of encourage them to be to widen their profile to to become more influential in certain social sectors and platforms how exactly do you do that uh, a lot of they will joke me saying just reminding them posting on slack saying in meetings saying in my weekly email to the team please be posting on linkedin um we know that people aren't going to be at sifted their whole career lots of our journalists are 28 it would be madness to assume that they are and and we would love to also be able to say hey previous people who worked here have gone on to this is a real example but one of our reporters who joined as a junior reporter now works for Reuters in Mexico like that's that's really cool and that probably helps us attract more people in the future so I think it's being realistic about understanding that people aren't going to stay here forever but if we can get two three four amazing years out of them and help them get a really good start in their career as well or a really good next step in their career then that's that's beneficial for both of us sure because then talent coming in can then see that this could be a really good springboard for their exactly career and they're inspired by the other reporters that have come in almost like an alumni network really of sorts yeah exactly awesome um so I want to come back a little bit to the inspiration for this two-track progression frame or three-track uh, progression framework a little bit more. Um, specifically, give me some shout-outs here on, on, you know, you cover all sorts of exciting media startups across Europe. Which startups have really helped, you know, trigger your thinking around this and, and really given you some inspiration? I'm not sure I can think of exact names because this was pulled together a little while ago, but it it's likely to be the kind of Monzo's, um, you know, lots of the sort of well-known consumer tech successes like that, both in terms of I've used them for inspiration for job ads. Uh, I think they often do a good job of laying out pithily who the company is, what the sort of mission is, what your job will actually entail, what the benefits are in a, in a, in a way that really sells it, that isn't sort of dry and especially long and listing a gazillion attributes that you need to have. And that's that's also based on, you know, what I've learned about making job adverts attractive to a more diverse range of candidates. The more things you ask people to have, the more that people from underrepresented groups will say, hey, this isn't a job that I can apply for. We also list our salaries or this at least the salary bands for all jobs, which is something I sort of had to fight for internally but I think is so important for people I think I think it widens the number of people who will apply for a job and I you know it also just doesn't lead anyone down the garden path make sure that expectations are aligned right from the start I've often wondered how many people simply drop out of the application process at the job description stage they look at that and think well I, don't, I wouldn't know where to start with that this doesn't make any sense to me this isn't something I could see myself doing Exactly. Whereas if it's, I don't know, a 5k higher salary than what you're currently on, the mental process is, oh, this might be for me. If it's 30k more than you're currently on, that probably is actually a good indicator that you're either being vastly underpaid where you are, or it is too senior for you. I think it's just helpful for everybody. Be specific on this, please. I mean, Amy, you are an experienced journalist. I'm sure you've applied for other jobs and you've you've seen many across your time. What's the difference between a sifted job application and a, and a more typical one you might see generally around the news industry? So the way that our job applications work is we have this uh, job description, we have the salary on there, um, and we ask people to send in their CV, a cover letter, 
um, I think we specify explaining why you're interested in this job and in Sifted in particular. And then we pretty from pretty much all our editorial jobs, we ask them to send in three ideas of articles that they would want to write for Sifted and also an idea for a kind of product they would launch. So the ideas is obviously useful to get a sense of whether they really understand what we do, what we're interested in. If they pitch me three ideas that are all about Facebook, they will not have grasped that we don't write about big tech companies. We write about startups. If they pitch me ideas about startups in India, you know, it'll be pretty clear they haven't really read the publication. Um, And then in terms of the product idea, that is really fun. It gives us some good ideas for things we can do, but it also shows whether they have that kind of slight entrepreneurial um, sense to them, whether they also, if they're slightly commercially minded, which is a, which is a great thing. Um, And it gives, it just gives you some, some good things to talk about in an interview. And, and I'm, I, I basically go off the cover letter and those ideas. I, I don't really care what's on someone's CV. I mean, if if someone has big gaps in their CV or something, it might be something I ask about. I do not care where someone went to university. I do not really care where they've worked before. I just want to know that they're really interested in working for us, that they understand what we do and that they have great ideas. Are the, are the really the sort of to get people in the door. It's one thing to hire new staff, but it's another to retain them. Once they're through the door, it's crucial that people feel fulfilled and like they're developing. Otherwise, that is another risk of losing talent. Sifted's progression framework is reviewed annually. It lives as a shared document for the whole editorial team to see, so people know what their colleagues might need help with. Think of it like a school report. It shows the level that they're on, say reporter, the areas where they're thriving and where they need to improve. It then shows how to get to the next level and how long it may take to get a promotion, in this case to senior reporter. The framework is pulled up for biannual reviews, which provides goals for salary increases, and there are no number targets for the performance of their articles. In the case of reporters, they have six main areas of growth which are tracked, and we'll talk about that next. One is their writing, their copy, so that's um, how well reported it is, how well written, whether they're writing to deadline, um, how good they are at integrating sort of data also how how well they take feedback and how quickly they make amends you know if someone's always getting stroppy um that's not a a great way to be then it's ideas so how reliant or not they are on press releases how sort of nuanced their ideas are how good they are at finding an angle or not um then their network um so you know are they someone who can whatsapp a whole bunch of people whenever we need to find something have they worked on investigations for example do they know how to sort of treat sources who may need to be anonymous for example or who you know for some reason are in a bit more of a complicated position do they do they sort of know how to treat them in a sort of um sensitive way do they have a good flow of news are they getting scoops are they getting exclusives Um, And how much are they sort of being out and about, you know, how much do people retweet them or follow them on LinkedIn or invite them to conferences? And if they're a bit maybe behind in their development, what do you do to maybe intervene and help? Like, can you target training, mentoring, support in that sense? Yeah, so um, I think there's been sort of everyone on the team will have had certain things that they're 
um, especially looking for. So when we do these annual or sort of half year reviews, um, everyone normally gets three goals, which they either sort of choose themselves or we suggest to them and we sort of agree on together. And I, I, for example, have one-to-ones every week with the people who I manage and I have a document that says, you know, name of reporter, catch up. Um, and I paste their goals into the top of that document. So every week when we have our one-to-one, they're sort of right there reminding me, this is what this person really wants to work on. So one of our reporters, for example, um, this for the next six months, it's like really, really want you to find um, a story about sort of government money being used in a dodgy way in this ecosystem. Um, For someone else, it might be make sure you're having at least one lunch or call with a new contact a week if that person's working on developing their sources or whatever. So you can just sort of check in with people and and not sort of let that stuff slide in the day to day of, you know, what what story do you have for me in a few days time That, that their sort of longer term development is being tracked and talked about fairly regularly. Curious question. What's the most underrated skill in a reporter that you look to develop? Ooh, what is it? I think the reporters who are absolute superstars have great bandwidth. They can work on lots of different stories at the same time. They always have lots on the go and lots of ideas. They're good at changing course. If something falls falls through, they've got something else for you. They're, they're hungry and they're slightly sort of fiercely protective of their beat. Our Central Eastern Europe correspondent, Zosha, will, and, and Mimi, who's based in our Nordics correspondent based in Stockholm, both of them will fight for our sort of European coverage and, and be telling me why we absolutely have to read this because people in Stockholm care about this or people in Poland care about this or this is a really big deal for their ecosystem or you know one of our um, reporters Tim who's done a lot on gig economy stuff he'll hear about sort of cultural challenges at startups and he'll tell me about it and I'll say uh, I think it's a bit too small not sure anyone's gonna be that interested and he sort of pushes back and he gives me a hard time and that can obviously be a bit of a pain in the ass sometimes but it's great that is what you want you want reporters who are sort of really defending their thing and and hungry to to get that stuff out what are the main breakthroughs and, and maybe hurdles that you've managed to overcome um, throughout the course of this uh, framework what's been some of your biggest learnings so far yeah I guess it's that you do need to review it um and as the as the team grows and you get new personalities and you know people with different skills that come in that you need to think about that also I think sometimes you need to to assess it and say for example we have several reporters for whom English is not their first language if we had on that metric that they absolutely couldn't progress unless they always filed copy that was 95% grammatically accurate, they wouldn't progress because that's that's just not something that they will be able to do. Does it matter? Absolutely not. You know, that's that's an easy copy editing job. What really matters is that they are out there. They are finding us stories that we absolutely can't get sitting in London that they're representing us at industry events, all these other things. So I think sometimes, you know, you do just need to reflect on it and say, is this really the right way of assessing things? Um, so, so that's maybe some stuff we've changed over time. Just a quick one from me and we'll get back to the chat with Amy. 
Our Digital Journalism Conference News Ride is coming up fast on the 23rd of May 2023 at News UK in London and we'd love to see you there. We're busy planning a day of expert panels and workshops filled to the brim with practical tips to take back to your newsroom. We'll even be hearing from Sifted once again on a panel all about how artificial intelligence is impacting journalism, for better and for worse. Hurry, we have a limited number of early bird tickets available, which will save you £30. That offer expires on the 27th of February, 2023. Head to newswire.com now to bag your ticket. See you there. Moving forward, Sifted is working on a progression framework for its small team of editors. It has a sub-editor, digital editor, deputy editor and a commissioning editor who would all get frameworks. As the main editor, the buck stops with Amy. This is interesting because when we think about staff development, we often focus on reporters, especially entry-level and inexperienced ones. Editors are the forgotten cohort, but still have development journeys of their own to go on. In other words, how can we help editors be effective leaders and managers? Well, they need to think of themselves more as coaches. I'm very early on this journey, but I'm trying to incorporate more sort of coaching techniques um, in some of my one-to-ones. So rather than jumping to present a solution to someone, to ask them questions, to get the cogs whirring in their own brains so that they get there themselves because, you know, 80% of the time they know the answer. They just sort of need to talk it out and then they get there themselves. And I think that makes it stick a bit more than me sort of being some sort of oracle, which I'm definitely not. You you make a good point that people need to eventually think for themselves and only by doing that will they develop. Yeah, you do feel very annoying sometimes though when someone's like can you just tell me and you're like why do you think that is but all of this feels quite refreshing in the context that we're talking about a real like person-to-person tailored management style within the newsroom and maybe not what we'd associate from newsroom leaders of the past and the traditional kind of status quo so is it fair to say that this is a is, is a kind of changing of the tide for um leadership styles in newsrooms i mean i'd like to think so i I definitely think of us as this is probably super cliched and it's been said a million times, but we're we're like sports coaches, you know, like they the journalists are the talent. They're the ones out there playing the game. It's our job to kind of direct them a bit, occasionally share a bit of wisdom from what's happened before, coordinate things. Um, and the best coaches are of the sort of go team vibe, not the shouty vibe, I think. So this is this is a newsroom where if people feel part of a team and they feel like we're all gunning for the same thing, people want to help each other out. People want to, when you say, oh, crap, this story's fallen through for Friday. Does anyone have anything else? People want to jump in, not because they're scared, but because, you know, you're a team and that's what you do so that's definitely the way we the show runs here awesome is there any one unifying trait across the editors on your team that you think really makes a great editor you know the thing that you look to develop the most amongst all of them i know because before i said there's maybe differences in what they do what's consistent what's the red thread between them all i think that something ella and i have in common is that we we definitely have very high standards um and we can be we're pretty blunt. We we give a lot of feedback. Um, I think that's it. That is what that is the the thread is that we give a lot of feedback, and a lot of the time that feedback is sort of woohoo, 
this was so awesome, you know, fun little emojis on Slack or me sharing in the wider company channel. You just absolutely have to read this piece that so-and-so did. It was so amazing. Or like, wow, Freya's investigation to British Vault just got mentioned in the UK Parliament, you know, celebrating all those moments and really being a cheerleader for the team. But then the flip side of that is that we're also very straight up with our um, more critical feedback. It's, you know, I totally reworked the top of this for X, Y, and Z reasons. You know, always remember that the goal is to yada, 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 you know, to talk people through your reasoning. Um, so I think that's it. There will just a lot of feedback because everyone wants to learn and wants to get better. I think that tra- I think that transparency is key because you want to see why decisions are made and the sort of rationale behind them because that will then s- hopefully stay in the memory for the for them to take that decision on a day to day basis and you know um, remember back to what you said. We we kind of said that the the editor's part of this tr- uh, progression framework is maybe the least development. It's the one that you're going to be trying to ramp up the most from this point forward. What's kind of top of your sort of thought process here in terms of what you'll look for to grow the development of your editors what do you think will be key and and how will you track that I do think it is extremely important that editors are also great reporters Ella and I do still write we have a newsletter on venture capital called Upround that we write together every week and I think that almost pressure to still be producing is key because it means we're out there. It means we're having lunches. It means we're going to networking things. It means that I guess we're, we're proving that we can still do the thing that we're supposedly sort of helping everyone else get better at. Not every editor, but definitely me and Eleanor. We love writing. We love interviewing people. We love doing the journalism. And I think it's important for us and how much we love our jobs that we do still get to do that bit of it whether it's that's a written article whether it's interviewing someone on stage whether it's doing our weekly podcast um those those moments of the good old reporting days are are dear to our hearts coaches cheerleaders catalysts and leading by example i guess i would summarize all of that up as amazing amy thanks ever so much for jumping on the show it's been a real pleasure to speak to you thank you thank you for having me That last point is a really good takeaway for today's episode. A lot of what we've spoken about in terms of creating tailored frameworks for reporters places a lot of the responsibility and burden on the shoulders of editors. But make sure you make the time to do the good old reporting too. Be an example to those in your newsroom as a benchmark of quality and the expected standard. I'd love to get your thoughts and find out how your newsroom is charting the growth of your staff. Find me on Twitter at jpgjournalism or email me on jacob at journalism.co.uk. You can check out all of our episodes on all your usual podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcast. Just search and subscribe for the journalism.co.uk podcast. That's all we have time for this week, though. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.